morning, everybody. Everybody is well. Weeks are flying by. The summer is flying by. L'chaim, for those that are still enjoying the coffee. This is round two for me. Um, we've been talking a lot about this idea of self-talk. L'chaim, Andy. For those that are joining us for the first time, welcome. And for those that are coming back, really, really appreciate seeing you again. We've been sort of spending time in the world of our speech, but not from the perspective necessarily from what comes out of our mouths. That was earlier in the week. And for those that are joining us for the first time, hopefully we'll be able to bring everybody up to speed at every show. So feel free to join at any point. But we've been really delving into this concept that when I speak, what it's really doing besides just emitting a sound that is articulate, it's shifting my mind because at the end of the day to make the sound, my brain has to go through a process of finding words, drawing connections and all that's happening. By the way, if you think about it, it's an incredible thing. All of that brain activity is happening in a sec, in a nanosecond. What an incredible gift we have. How fortunate are we that we were given such an amazing opportunity to be alive should take nothing for granted. But just the ability to speak requires a whole bunch of complex things to happen instantly. But that requires my brain to work in a certain way. Now, if you remember, we spoke about this idea of visualization. And visualization basically says, I don't have to experience something for my brain to experience. Hi. I don't have to experience something for my brain to experience it. Let me just make sure everybody's muted. Andy, just do me a favor. Just, Andy, just mute everybody. I have mute all turned on. I, I'm going to remove that person. That was the voice of Andy Boltex, by the way. The great Andy Boltex, who has been my wingman in this from the beginning. But this idea that when you visualize something, your brain can experience it without you being there. We spoke about this in the concept of the Olympic athletes who envision the race. We spoke about it in regards to being able to see yourself down the road as a way to experience something. If you, We spoke about it, I think, here even also how they did studies in the Cleveland Clinic where just thinking about muscle growth, like picturing yourself working out, actually increases some level of muscle without even doing anything, which would make sense because if your brain is... Listen, there, I mean, it doesn't do that much. I'm saying, but if your brain can experience something in, its, in itself, all that life is doing is just feeding information to your brain. Like, if we really take a second and just think about how crazy this is. Like, at the end of the day, if our minds are just creating new neural connections, what we're doing every day is just giving our brains a, a richer experience to remember. So when I run down the track... I send it all these signals, my legs and moving and the experience and my eyes and the sounds, but that's just sending signal. So once that's done, all I've left after that experience is whatever has been imprinted into my brain. But theoretically, if I ran the race once, I can sit in a dark room and close my eyes and go back to the race and reinforce all of those connections. I don't have to be racing every day, so to speak, to condition my mind 
to be at the race, which is why visualization is a core piece of one's training. That applies to seeing something that you've experienced, but that also applies to speaking. So if I was in conflict with somebody and maybe I didn't tell that person off, maybe I didn't say something that would have hurt them in public, though I wanted to, maybe I didn't remember the line to say that I wanted to say when I was in the moment. Maybe five years later, I'm sitting around thinking about it. But if I didn't actually speak, but I'm playing the conversation in my head, then that envisioned speech is still imprinting my brain. And this really speaks to this negative power that we have of these conversations in our minds. Do you ever have a conversation in your mind? Did you ever think of the person that offended you and in a quiet moment told them off in your brain? Do you ever walk into a room and see somebody that you want to say something to, but you're not confrontational enough? So you just say it in your brain 20 times? Or someone says something to you, but you can't. So you walk away and you repeat it in your mind a dozen times. Or you walk into a room and you're like, I'm sure they were. And you start guessing. And you start playing in your head language that is articulating to you why this is wrong or that person's insensitive or why I'm going to feel at this. Do you ever have that? Where... You're engaging in conversation with people, but you're not using your lips. Something happened years ago and we're still thinking about it and playing out scenario in our mind. Some people do this more than others. Some people just sort of are good at living in the moment. Some people can go back and forth and just play out the story again and again and again. Play out what you wanted to say, how you wanted to get that lining exactly right. And if you would have got that line exactly right, you really would have gave it to them. What, what's happening, whether we're doing it in the moment, just our minds. We're just allowing that negative energy to fester in our minds. We don't say it because maybe we get fired or maybe we're going to cause a problem. Or, but we just tell ourselves, of course she doesn't do this because of this, this, and this. Of course she forgot this. Of course he did this. You, we, we talk out scenarios in the safety of our minds. And because there's nobody around, we can be perfect. We can nail the line at the right time. We could come in at the right moment. We're all superstars in our minds. Do you know how many times... I'm in a company and I walk into office one and I got two employees like the CEO is like this and he's like this and he's never around and he did it. And they're just like superstars. These guys are like supermen. And then I see them like an hour and a half later and they're in the, a conference room about the exact issue that they were just fetching about in their office and they were so strong. And then the CEO's in the room and they're like, no, sure. Well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Loud. No, of course. No, you know, yeah, I, I'm here to help you. I'm looking like, what? Five minutes ago, you were out there screaming that this guy's ruining the company. Five minutes later, you're out there basically just sitting around like a little puppy dog. Step up. 
is like a lack of integrity. Here's a safe environment. Him and a colleague close the door and they get to pretend like these guys are the strongest guys in the universe, but they're not. They're non-confrontational. Okay, they'll lose their job, blah, 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 whatever. The point is that we talk in the comforts of safe environments in ways that are so negative sometimes. And we think it's not hurting anybody. We're not confronting the person. And it's not hurting them. You know what's hurting? It's hurting ourselves. We're becoming people that are solidifying that negativity. If you hear somebody speak about a group of people, a group of people, these people, and then they, and you're thinking, what? Really? All those people? You don't even know those people, but they don't care because they're not speaking in front of the group of people. They're speaking in the safety of a few people that are just going to nod, agree with them, or just let them talk. And it seems like what happened? Nothing happened. We we're just talking to ourselves, to my head. Walk by a thing. This happens sometimes. You can almost feel it if you if you identify as, as with a specific group, and let's say you cut someone off, and then so you can almost see that like you people. Ever had that like you people? And you can see the brain of the other person like just going through this. All you people are. We do it ourselves. We read something in the news and go, you know, they're all like, they're all crazy. It seems like it's not a big deal. It's just envisioned speech. But it's a big deal. Because what envisioned speech does is it solidifies the speech in our brains. It makes us quicker. It builds the neural connections of negativity. It makes us quicker to judge that person. So if you're sitting around and you're judging someone in your mind, well, when you actually create a relationship with them, it makes it a lot quicker to judge them again. You're like primed to see the negativity in them. You're like primed to see the problem in them. I think even maybe more importantly, it just solidifies negativity in our own minds. And if you remember, we discussed how your brain, the script in our brain isn't like a very clean process. We don't like download a file that says here's like 10 lines. We just have like a whole bunch of connections that come at us. And our brain hits a new scenario and starts to draw new connections. So for all we know, we're sitting around self-envisioning, talking about somebody else and creating all these negative scenarios in our brain. And then a year later, or in a, scenario, a similar scenario, and somehow the script is negative. And the script could be negative because we put it in. We put it in about somebody else. We've been self-talking about whoever for so long that when we come at it, either we come across more sensitive, either what we pull from our brain when we speak has that underlying tone of negativity. We don't even know why. There are people, you walk into a room and it's just negative. They're not even trying. I know someone like this. Negative. He'll walk into a room He's the best guy in the world. We'll walk into a room and it's almost guaranteed he will find 
something in the room that as you see this guy, he can't he he can't wait till he gets home to eat. He's got to look at this guy's plate on the smorgasbord at the win. Really? And he doesn't even know. He doesn't know. Nobody. He he has no he has no concept that he's a negative person because he's been doing this in his head for so long. It just feels like what the guy's at the smorgasbord. Like how big can your plate fill up? Like what? There's only six pieces to the band. Like what? I mean, like the rabbi spoke for like twenty. I mean, what? What we have to do as we build this whole week in recognizing that our thoughts are just film and we, the essential I, is powering that film. What we have to do is just to start to feel that negative thought and say, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. I'm out. Let it go. Pass through. Pass. I know I could seven years ago tell, I got it. Just pass it through. I know. Pass it through. I, I don't want to forget level two, which is seeing the best in people. Forget that. Level one is I don't want to engage in this. It's like there's a sense you turn to your negative thoughts and you go, I got it. I got it. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it. Like, just, I got it. Just keep on going. I hear. Keep on going. There's like a, there's like a, um, like a disconnect you can do. It doesn't require us changing that thought. It doesn't require us thinking positively. It doesn't require us to like look at somebody who's yelling at us and find the fact that maybe he really is a good guy. Forget that. It's just sitting back when a negative thought passes by and not allowing that negative thought to be a, 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 a envisioned conversation for 20 seconds. It's just being in a scenario, and when some negativity th- comes our way, our first reaction is, I still want to. I don't want to engage in it. I don't want to – yeah, he is like that. She is like that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to go and get into the world of, do you know what he did and she did? And remember six months ago? And the whole thing that goes on in the mind of husbands and wives and parents and children and in-laws, it, it, this is life. Community members, this is life. We're, we're, we don't want to confront people. And the people that have no, and the people that have no, you know, filter. I mean, also, it's not a great thing. I'm not saying every time something negative comes in, just let it out. There are people like this. They just walk and say whatever they want. It's like there's no filter. Yeah, I operate in society. Society requires a filter. I don't care what you, with, not everything in your brain needs to come out. Yeah, like Richard just said, nothing good to say, say nothing. But I really want to push it further, which is if you have nothing good to say, don't even think about it. It's so critical. It's so much of what we're thinking about that happened yesterday is just our way of inserting ourselves in something that already happened because we don't feel like we're in control of it. Listen, if you're doing something with somebody and it's wrong and then you're going to do it again in the future, yeah, think about it. If it's about the future, you can prepare yourself. You can think through But when you're in the moment and you're thinking about the past, the negative thoughts serve very little benefit outside to just solidify negativity in ourselves and almost guarantee that the people around us are not going to be able to get the best of us. Because the best of us is positive. We could be aware. I'm not saying be a Pollyanna. This stuff... We're going to hopefully next week try to break out to more physical things. I think when we spend too much time in our brains, it can get a little much. So we're going to have to 
shift out for a little bit. But to really, for this week, to close out, tomorrow is uh, our Q&A day. To really close out this concept, we have to sort of really see it. And if all we do, by the way, is do this once a day, that's amazing. Like, if all we do is one time, yeah, Ariel is a great one. Accepting and releasing versus fighting and resisting. That's exactly what I'm getting at. I'm not saying you're resisting the negative thought. Uh, exactly. The word, Ariella, thank you. The word is releasing the negative thought. If all we do once a day is as opposed to engaging, shining any light in that negative thought that comes in, if all we do once, once a day, once, try to do it for the first negative thought that hits you during the day. Add that to our list of rituals that we're building together. Add the list to the list of rituals once a day, one time a day, when I feel that negative conversation about to take place and I'm ready to go fight in my brain because I want to feel right and I want to feel strong. And the reason why I didn't say something in public was either because it was going to hurt them or I'm too scared or I don't want to be confrontational or whatever it is. But now that I'm in my brain, I got to tell that person off once a day. Once, if we just look back and go, I'm not even engaging in it. Yeah, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm totally right. Maybe that person is totally wrong. And maybe I really could have, should have, or would have said, maybe I really should say, I'm out. Once. Just let, let the, I can almost picture that thought. I'm, I'm looking at it, but now I'm looking at it like a film by a projector. Just let it, pa- let it pass. Let it pass. Let it pass. Let it, the ticker. Let it pass. I got to divert my attention to something else. One time. Every day. Can you imagine what we're going to look like in a month? One time. It's going to take us under 30 seconds a day. It's going to be hard though. It's going to draw from the well of willpower. It'll be well worth it. You know why? Because we're going to start the process of cleaning out the negative garbage. Sometimes it feels good when you've got like, you know, on your, on your computer, when like your trash can and the computer has got like 4 million articles. You ever get that feeling? And like you look at it and you like click, you know, empty trash and it's like the ding. And you're like, whoa, and you almost can see the computer like, whew, thank God. You ever have that? Today's computers don't have this issue. So for those of you who remember, for those of you who remember, so I'll end with this. Does anyone remember what, what, what it means to defragment? Or I think it's called defragment. Andy will know this. Remember like in the old days we had computers? In the old days, I mean like defrag. Yeah. Do you remember like we had computers? Um, I don't know, like I'm talking to people that remember computers like 15 years ago, maybe. You know what I'm talking about? Where like your computer didn't work because it was too slow and you have to like go into the settings and defrag it and you have to watch all the things like work out. Anyone have that once where like, and then you watch the computer like fix itself and it's like, can you, Charlie, can you not touch me for like two hours? Right. And then like somehow like it, all the broken files were like, okay, you still do it, Richard? That's what we should do for our brain sometimes. Just defrag it. Just stop asserting it. Stop asserting ourselves. Yeah, it's restart. Just sit back one 30 second a day and go, I got it. I got it. It's negative. I should win. I should be right. She's wrong. Yada, yada. I got it. For the first one, the first negative thought gets a get out of jail free card. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to resist it. I don't want to ask myself why I'm not more. I'm not better. I'm just moving on. At peace.
by the way, that's like the essence of what Shabbat is, which is a whole other conversation. Letting it go. All right. It's been an honor to be with you today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Daily Boost. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow for some more Daily Boost with God's help. Mm-hmm.